This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 49. another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And I'm Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. I can't wait to do that. I know. We're just going to jump right in here after the tip of the day. Oh, you have a tip. I have a tip of the day. Actually, it's a resource of the day. I wanted to recommend a book called Intimate Encounters by David and Teresa Ferguson. And actually, I think this is a book, and you can also get a workbook that goes along with it, too. I think you're right. But it's a great resource. I even looked it up, and you can find it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So the name of it is Intimate Encounters. Just a great little curriculum to go through as a married couple or even in a small group of couples. Just really valuable material. They're great presenters and writers, and uh, they have impacted so many couples, uh, particularly here in Texas, but really all over the world. For sure. Intimate Encounters, David and Teresa Ferguson. Well, in today's episode, we're going to unpack a model that we have been using more and more with couples. In fact, this has really become kind of our go-to tool um, because it's so easy to understand. We use it all the time. All the time, and it helps couples get really specific about ways that they can move forward. So when we sit with couples, Brett, you and I, we're, we're usually, not all the time, but usually we're they're trying to work through kind of certain issues in their relationship. So either they're not communicating well, or they're fighting a lot, or maybe they're trying to just kind of move forward. And we've been using this model, we've been receiving a lot of positive feedback about it. It's just meeting emotional needs Mm -hmm. is basically what it is. And we're kind of going to break that down a little bit today. The way we learned about this model is because we have had the privilege of sitting under the instruction of Dr. Carl Elkins, who is a wonderful therapist and friend of ours here in Houston. And he was actually trained by the folks at Intimate Life Ministries in Austin. Hey, now wait, you just mentioned I know, David and Teresa Ferguson. That's That's their ministry in Austin. So I, I believe... I believe they originally came up with this idea, but then Carl has really kind of taken it and he uses it all the time in his practice. And so we've been able to learn from him. Right. Um, so he was trained out, out of Austin. And, and so before we get started on unpacking the model, I want to just kind of pose a question to our listening audience. And nope. what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that someone is needy? Now, are they supposed to answer us? Well, we can't hear them answer us, but if they are listening, they might be answering. For most of us, I think we may feel that to be a negative description. What do you think? Being needy is Yeah, like when we say someone's needy. Yeah, kind of gets uh, a wimpy, wussy person in your brain or whatever. Yeah, someone that leeches on or, you know, you just can't. I always think of someone with a bottomless reservoir of, you know, nothing. It's never enough. You can just never meet all the needs. But somewhere along the way, I think we decided that having needs is a weakness. Now, of course, you can be you know, needy to a certain degree to where that is a weakness. But in general, we human beings, we have emotional needs. And sure we do. But, you know, I think in our kind of individualistic society, we're like, I mean, I know people personally who would rather 
die than admit that they have a need that someone could meet or that they need someone at all. Did you call me a wuss? I did not. And uh, so the truth is, every single one of us has legitimate needs, and each of us has emotional needs that can actually be met by our spouse, which is a tremendous gift in marriage. Mm -hmm. And so now, this model can actually take days to unpack in great detail. We've sat through workshops where this really, uh, you can really just look at every single facet of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But And I actually hope to have Carl Elkins as a guest on the podcast sometime next year, uh, who could definitely take us a lot deeper into this concept. We should do that. Yeah. But for the sake of today's episode, we just want to kind of whet our listeners' appetite for how this works. So when we're sitting with the couple, what we do is we'll give each spouse this little bookmark that we have that lists 12 emotional needs on Mm -hmm. the front of it. I think technically there are even more emotional needs than 12. And if there are, I have them all. (laughs) But these tend to be the most common, the 12 that we have. And so uh, we're going to unpack those in just a minute. But So we will give the couple this list of needs, and then we also provide them with a glossary that kind of gives a definition of each need. And we explain to the couple that every single one of us has needs. Needs, that we just have to kind of get real with that. And I just want to say, I've always wanted a glossary of my very own. Really? A glossary of emotional needs? <laughs> Such a great word, glossary. I know, I do like that word. All right. So in a perfect world, you know, in a perfect marriage, we would meet all of these needs for each other every day. Oh, you mean like our perfect marriage? Yeah, like our perfect marriage. Right. By the way, happy 26th anniversary Hey, today. happy anniversary. Yeah, we've already said that to each other, but... I was going to surprise you. On the air, we need to say it. That's right. Um, So in a perfect world, obviously, we have all of these needs. And if everything is really hitting on all cylinders, we'd be meeting all these needs all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But what we do is we'll we'll ask one spouse at a time, and we'll have them rank their top three emotional needs. Right. And this is where it really gets good, is we'll ask them to be very specific in describing how their spouse can meet those needs and mm-hmm. how their spouse doesn't meet that particular need. So, before we get further, the pushback from some folks on this is that this sounds too self-centered, too selfish, narcissistic, whatever. Right. Right. But yeah, wh- because what it what it sounds like on the outset is that we're only concerned with our own needs getting met. Right. But what we've learned with when we're working with couples is that it actually conditions you to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Because as we'll unpack these needs, what what the goal is to not only be in touch with what your needs are, mm-hmm. but to memorize and learn what your spouse's needs are and how you can meet those needs. Mm-hmm. And that's how you really get the good cycle going is you start thinking of your spouse right. and how you can step out of your own selfishness and meet those needs. Yeah, I agree. So what you're saying is rather than this being an ultimate exercise in selfishness, this ends up being an ultimate exercise in selflessness. Absolutely, because yeah. you're really thinking about the other person more so than yourself. Cool. But we have to start with ourselves because we can kind of get a little more in touch with what it is when we when we first start with ourselves. And so before so let's list the needs right. and kind of unpack them before we get too far in how this looks. So you want to take the first three? Uh, sure. Uh, acceptance. You know, that's kind of sounds self-explanatory. That's that's like when you receive another person uh, willingly, unconditionally. Uh, when their behavior has been imperfect, uh, you still accept them unconditionally. It's mm-hmm. being willing to continue to love one another in spite of uh, maybe wrongs that, 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 that they might 
do you or just things that you just don't approve of, mm-hmm. you accept them anyway. Right, right. All right. So that's an, a super important one. Yeah, and it, would, you'll notice that a lot of these emotional needs start with the letter A. Well, nifty. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going in alphabetical order, I believe. So. Right. <laughs> well, I would say you accept me uh, quite effectively all the time. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, do you, do you feel the other way around? Absolutely. All right. But we've grown into that. That's for sure. I would say if you, you know, put a microscope to our marriage the first five, ten years. Yes. I don't know that we, I don't even know that we were in tune with our own emotional needs. Right. Much less how to meet the others. Right. So this is something, this is a great skill that you can learn. Right. Which I love. Well, and since so much of marriage, and we've talked about this multiple times, uh, so many of the problems that come up are about, uh, let's call them unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, accepting one another can be uh, very important for all married couples. But right. if this is your emotional need, it's even that much more uh, heightened and important. Right. Okay, okay another, so what's the second one? Another one would be admonition. These are people that really, as their emotional need, they want constructive guidance. Now, i got to be honest, very few people have put this in their top three That's true. when we have sat down and counseled with them. But occasionally somebody will. Uh, this is somebody that just really wants, on an ongoing basis, constructive guidance in you know what to do, what things to avoid. Uh, they like warnings. They like boundaries. They like um, correction. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. a, a great quality to lean into. Mm-hmm. And we all have this need, sure. but most people would not put this in their top three necessarily. Right. I think the key to uh, meeting someone's need of admonition is to make sure that you're using gentle reproof. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about constantly correcting someone. Or scolding, or to, yes. scolding or berating. Yeah, or whatever, we're talking yeah. about uh, meeting it in a different way. Okay. And then another A word, since you're hung up on the A thing, mm-hmm. uh, is affection. And affection is affectionate. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, expressing uh, care and closeness uh, through physical touch. It's saying, I love you. It's little yellow stickies Mm -hmm. with love notes and texts and just whatever you do to express affection to one another. It could be physical and non-physical expressions. Yeah. In fact, I remember sitting with a couple and uh, the wife's, one of her top needs was affection. And when Mm -hmm. we asked her to unpack what that looked and felt like, we assumed she wanted to be touched and caressed and right. cuddled and hugged. But really, she meant more of the verbal affection. Right. She didn't hear, I love you enough. She didn't hear things like, you're pretty, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. So it can really, that's a wide spectrum of how you can show affection is. And that's that's why it's so great to have couples be specific about what it means to them. Yep. To meet those needs. Yeah, that's when things really get effective. Well, give me some more A words. Okay, so we've got appreciation, which, of course, is expressing gratefulness through thanks, praise, or commendation. Um, It's recognizing someone's effort or their accomplishment. And we we see a lot of couples Mm -hmm. that put – at least one person will put appreciation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about it, it's just kind of a simple thing. We go about our lives every single day, and we do a lot, say, for each other, for the family. We work, and we do Mm -hmm. all these things. But how many times do we really stop and just say, thank you so much for, you know, how hard you work or thanks so much for cooking you right. know, tonight? Um, when when people have that as one of their top three needs, they really need to hear those thank yous. Hey, Cal. <laughs> thanks so much for putting this podcast episode together. I thought you were going to say thank you for cooking, which is a rarity in our house. So, <laughs> Well, I'll get to that whenever you 
cook. Thank you. <laughs> the next time. And now thousands of people, uh, no, dozens of people know that I don't cook. Well, I just undid my appreciation Yeah, comment. there are sometimes I'm thankful our audience may not be all that big, but let, moving on. All right. Okay, so appreciation. Okay, then we've got <laughs> approval. And this is another A, emotional need. And so this is expressing commendation to have or express a favorable, favorable opinion of, to think and speak well of, to build up and affirm each other, mm-hmm. um, affirming the fact and importance of a relationship. And it's also saying, uh, approving things about your spouse to other people. Mm-hmm. That's also a way of sort of meeting the need of approval as well. Right. And so this is not so much, it, it can, this can seem like it's really closely tied to appreciation mm-hmm. because approval, you would think, oh, if I say thank you, that's you know, meeting the need of approval. Subtle difference, though. Yeah, it's a little bit different. It's more like I'm approving of who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the things that you accomplish. You know, you've done that so well. Mm-hmm. I admire how well you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more along the lines of approval than just appreciation. So it's kind of like uh, when I was a kid and my I had one particular grandmother that would uh, come to our house and kind of start micromanaging our family. And uh, so one of the things she did was to create this chore chart for the six kids in our family. Our parents didn't have us follow a chore chart, but she thought it was a good idea. And then she bought gold stars and everything to put in the squares when we had accomplished the certain things that she had on our chore chart list. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I just beat the system and got into those stars and plaster them all over my <laughs> you did i'm shocked <laughs> by that story yeah, then i didn't have to <laughs> suffer any anguish of whether i was getting approval yeah. or not i just took care of it yeah well thanks to your entrepreneurial <laughs> skills you made sure you had all gold gold stars i get it i love that story well, moving to our last a emotional need because we have several that start with a is attention and of course this is just conveying appropriate interest concern and care it's thinking about the other person. Mm-hmm. It's entering the other person's world. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a couple of people in our family, yeah. in our nuclear family, who has have very high needs for attention. Not me. And it just means that they want to just be noticed. They want to, you know, eye contact is very important. In fact, I was just FaceTiming our daughter today before I headed in, and I was trying to, foolishly trying to multitask by I was on the computer doing payroll, and I had her FaceTime, you know, in kind of front of me. And it wasn't long before she was like, you're not looking at me. You're not paying attention to me. <laughs> How does so she know? Even on FaceTime, she knows when I'm not giving her attention. Highly so. sensitive to that one. <laughs> so what are some others? Well, before we get to the others, I just those last two, approval and attention, kind of like we were saying in more of a macro sense about all of these emotional needs, like, like this is a weakness. It's not mm-hmm. a weakness to have emotional needs. We're yeah. created to have emotional needs. And if you're created, particularly on these last two, to need approval Mm-hmm. Or to need attention, which uh, culturally often get associated with, you know, self-centeredness. You know, but that's not what we're talking about. If mm-hmm. you have a high need for approval, that just means that's a certain way that you're wired. Yeah. If you have a high need for attention, that's a certain way. You're, we we like you said, we have all of these, mm-hmm. but certain people have a certain bent toward that. So I just I, I don't want anybody to think that any one of these or any three of these are any more noble than the others. Absolutely. They're all very I'm, important, very I'm, valid, just depends on uh, the certain way that you're wired. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Well, thank you. 
Thanks for the approval. <laughs> uh, also, moving to these non-A words, comfort is another one. This is when you res- respond to a person who's hurting uh, with words, feelings, touch, empathy. You know, you're hurting with and for another's grief or pain. You're giving consolation. You're doing it mm-hmm. uh, tenderly and, and with compassion. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's a very scriptural uh, thing to do. Yeah, we're called to mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep, mm-hmm. rejoice with those who rejoice. And that's what comfort is. It's it's coming alongside and just being with the person who's needing some comfort. And we're all going to have periods in our life where we particularly acutely need this, but somebody who would put this in their top three mm-hmm. uh, needs a lot of comfort, needs yeah. a, a lot more comfort than, than your average bear, right. so to speak. Uh, another one would be encouragement, uh, subtle difference here. Encouragement is where you... Uh, kind of urge somebody to keep going. You know, I had a phone call uh, today. I'll go ahead and give a shout out to Carl Caton. He's a buddy of mine <laughs> in San Antonio, and he does uh, citywide marriage stuff like we do here in Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, we just had the best phone call today, and it came at the perfect time because mm-hmm. uh, I was feeling discouragement about some certain issues, and we both just uh, talked some things out. And uh, boy, it was very, very. Uh, encouraging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so and the subtle difference between comfort and encouragement would be what? Comfort, when, when I think of comfort, I think of just kind of coming alongside and just being there for someone. Yeah, soothing the moment. Yeah, and, and just the, the ministry of presence. You know, when someone's in the pit, you get down in the pit with them and you mm-hmm. sit with them. Encouragement, I feel like, is you're doing the comfort thing, but you're also kind of encouraging them to move forward. Yeah, you're you know? more of a cheerleader. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So that's what Carl did for me. Love you, Carl. Good. Good. Appreciate it. Uh, instructions, another one. Uh, this is somebody that likes uh, to receive a lot of equipping and training in how to live, uh, really responds well to modeling and so forth. Mm-hmm. We all need instruction, we but some of us it. want it, mm-hmm. <laughs> crave it more mm-hmm. than others. This is actually another, one of the other two. Admonition and instruction are the two that show up the least when you're asking people to kind of rank their top needs. But we can't ignore them because they are things mm-hmm. that we all need. And so, um, and again, some people really gravitate to to those, and and you gotta respect people that uh, appreciate that. Yeah, and then the last three, because we've got twelve emotional needs, are uh, respect, which of course means valuing and regarding. Wait, how do you spell that? I'm not falling for that. Come on. No. Come on. Do you, you know, get it? You know, the interesting <laughs> bit of trivia about that song is that it was written by a man. Yeah, I know. Mo- I know, but most people don't know that. And I didn't know that for years. Otis Redding had the hit before Aretha. I know. And so, like, when you hear, when you take the lyrics of Respect and you turn it from a man's point of view, it feels totally different. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> doesn't sound like the anthem uh, that when a woman sings it, you know. So how do you spell it? <laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> respect, of course, is valuing and regarding another highly, treating right. another as important, mm-hmm. honoring another, and conveying great worth. And what we see mostly with couples is that respect tends to show up most commonly in men. Right. Um, That's I true. I don't know why that is. I think When you say it shows up, it means... In their top three. The... the, the 
this is something they really need yeah, and crave. They need they respect. They really do. And, yeah. and, of course, we've known that for a long time. There's a great book called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egricks that I think we've recommended on the podcast before. I'm sure. Um, and, and it is. Men men don't always hear all day long, you know, that they're doing a good job and that they're, they're a good man. And so they need their wives a lot of times to go, you know what, you're great. Mm-hmm. And to be their really their biggest fan, so we see that show up a lot. Uh, and then the last two are security, which is uh, harmony and peace in relationships, mm-hmm. freedom from fear or threat of harm, or feeling protected. Yeah, just kind of feeling that emotion, needing that emotional safety, which mm-hmm. of course we all need. Right. But but security can rank pretty high for some people. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is just support, which means coming alongside and gently helping with a problem or a struggle, providing appropriate assistance and helping to carry a load. Okay, so split hairs between respect and support because uh, sometimes people will put both of those on their list and what's the subtle yeah. difference? Well, what we've seen with most people is that respect is more of an attitude of um, not being degrading, not being um, belittling, mm-hmm. um, really kind of lifting up someone and having high regard for them. Mm-hmm. Support is more about really helping with a problem. So what we'll sometimes see in particularly in uh, wives who are young mommies or maybe stay-at-home moms uh-huh. is they need support. And what they're trying to communicate mm. to their husband is when you come home in the evening, It's say if he's working outside of the home and she's in the home, mm-hmm. um, she'll say, I really need help. You know, And that's right. her way of saying I need support. Right. You know, So when you come in and kind of help me with the kids and help me with dinner or the laundry or something, that's the support usually they're talking about. So slightly different than respect. Yeah, a little so bit So how different. do you spell respect? And you're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and we are continuing our conversation about emotional needs in marriage and how learning how to meet one another's needs may be just the thing that can turn your marriage around or even just take it from good to great. Hey. We're not always sitting with couples who are in crisis. Sometimes they are you know, have a nice, healthy relationship, but they just want to know how to take it to the next level. And I want to say, too, that all of these emotional needs actually have – there are scriptural references that mm-hmm. support all of these. We won't pack, unpack those on the podcast for the sake of time, but um, – but if you're interested and want to shoot us an email, I'd be happy to send you the list that these kind of correlate with. So, Brett, I'm going to spring <laughs> a question on you. I what had are a feeling my this was coming? What are my top three emotional needs? Well, I know your top one is approval. Very good. Right, and uh, your second one is uh, acceptance. Yep. You want to be accepted unconditionally. Yeah. And then finally, your third one is security. You want to feel. Um, Protected. Yeah, 
It, very, very good. So I'll ask you how, specifically, what does that look like with, as far as being? Well, for me, I think, you know, and you can really talk about where these emotional needs start and where they mm-hmm. come from. I think for the most part, it's kind of a combination of how we're wired with our temperament and our personality, mm-hmm. along with our life experiences. Family so a lot of this can issues. be kind of how you were raised. And for some people, in fact, I remember specifically talking with a couple where, the again, the wife had a high need for affection. And when we sort of unpacked that a little bit, she was very honest about the fact that her family of origin growing up didn't show affection at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And so she was really just kind of craving that Starting in her marriage. Yeah. You know, So sometimes it can come just from what's been like. Lacking, you know, mm-hmm. growing up or whatever. But I think approval for me is important. And I just, for me, all I know is I, I like it when you talk highly of me, which you always mm-hmm. do. You always mm-hmm. speak very highly of me, much more than I deserve. And um, mm-hmm. that, that just feels, it resonates with me. It just mm-hmm. feels like love mm-hmm. when you speak approving things of me. And so it's important for me on the flip side, if I do something, if I kind of do something that I consider a mistake or a screw up, uh-huh. and you come at me and go, it's fine. You know, we're, right. we're this is going to be fine. Showing it's okay. Approval. That's approval and acceptance mm. for me mm-hmm. in, in how I kind of hear love. And so. Um, and that gives you more of number three. Definitely, which creates the emotional safety and Security. the harmony in our relationship and all that too. Yeah, I don't not not that there are very many people who thrive on conflict, but I definitely hate conflict, and so I don't like it when we're irritated with each other or when mm-hmm. we're not getting along. And so I have a high need to know that things are good between us and mm-hmm. peaceful. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So your three uh, needs mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we've discovered in recent years are. Um, Affection. Mm, that's numero uno. Attention. Yeah. And respect. Yeah, you could just say affection, affection, affection. <laughs> yeah, I would say you have a high need for <laughs> affection, but also attention. Right. I mean, that, that, they're probably pretty close, but affection for you looks like what? Just touchy feely ways yeah, and yeah, verbal all the ways. Dem- demonstrative ways that you can show affection. So physical, non physical. Uh, I like them all. Uh huh. And attention. I mean, yes. In fact, what we've discovered in, in recent years is that we have a daughter who has a high need for attention, and you have a high need for attention. And so when all of us are together, sometimes there's that little competition that comes out for people's attention. Right. So, like, sometimes you and Sarah can be a little bit competitive about, <laughs> nah. you know, everyone wants to spend time <laughs> with everyone and everyone wants to get noticed. And so we've had to have conversations about that and just you know, recognizing what it is. It's funny on the attention thing. I mean, the older I've uh, become, I don't really care about attention out in the marketplace. <laughs> it's with you. That's that's where I want it. You right, know? exactly. And then respect for you as a husband looks and feels like what? Uh, and you're great at this. I mean, you are second to none on this. Just Just honoring... Uh, me as a person, as a man, as you know, just all the male uh, things that I bring to the family and to our marriage. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I have never ever not felt respected by you. Oh, that's the truth. That's very sweet. You know, 
But the affection thing, you know, let's, let's, well, let's beef that that's one That's a bottomless pit, but no. <laughs> uh, so while it's helpful simply to recognize each other's emotional needs, and that's definitely a good place to start, where the real magic happens is when spouses get specific about what that looks like mm-hmm. for them. Because we've got, a, you know, affection doesn't look or feel the same for everyone. Right. Approval and appreciation may not be met exactly the way you think. Mm-hmm. So we have couples customize that for each other. And in essence, since the two spouses are kind of coaching each other as to the best way of meeting those needs, mm-hmm. which is great to watch because mm-hmm. every single, you know, we always say every married couple is like a fingerprint. They're different mm-hmm. and they've got their own personality and dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the greatest part of using this tool with couples is that you are telling your spouse exactly what your heart desires mm-hmm. in your marriage relationship. So many couples walk around in a fog thinking, I have no idea what my wife wants, mm-hmm. you know, or I have yeah. no idea what my just husband needs. Just tell me. Yeah, just give me a clue. You know, well, if you're going to work this exercise, you don't really have an excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what we tell couples, is that when we dismiss a couple from this exercise, we tell them, you've been given an engraved invitation hmm. into the heart and mind of your spouse. We mm-hmm. have just had them lay out exactly what they want to hear, mm-hmm. how they want to be touched, mm-hmm. what, how they want to be spoken to and spoken about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they you're, you're specifically told what your spouse wants you to do. So you really can't walk around with the excuse anymore of, I really don't know. Right. I really don't know how to do this. You well, know? I don't want to go back to what you said about um, they learn how to coach each other and they learn. Yeah. That's. To me, that's what's exciting about watching couples do that, particularly for couples that that does not come second nature right. to, you know, I mean, where that's a, a new experience for them to to really walk the other person into the interior part of their life yeah. and, and how to do that. Because that's the thing is, mo- and we, we talk about this all the time, that couples, I think most couples have a myth that they're going to walk into marriage <laughs> and they're going to just do what comes naturally and everyone's going to live happily ever after. Yeah, I did the first part. <laughs> and what we always say is, you got to adapt in marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, yes, you can learn to be fully yourselves and be accepted and who you are and you don't have to put on airs or anything. But if you're going to live harmoniously with another person, person for 75 years, uh-huh. let's hope, yeah. then you got to learn to do some things different. It's just not going to be everything that comes naturally to you. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to play out that way. I'm sitting here thinking about 75 years. What's that, diamond anniversary? Yeah. guess I better start saving up. <laughs> so this model is about as explicit as it gets in terms of knowing what steps to do and then doing them. And then, you know, you can there, – there's also this idea that um, – Carl Elkins talks about uh, learning to understand the need of the moment mm-hmm. that there we do kind of have these general top three needs that in you know everyday life we kind of need those but right. sometimes we we have a need of the moment mm-hmm. that may not have anything to do with our top three needs right and when what I've learned uh, in kind of watching this play out is that you when you try to meet the need of the moment with the wrong need, mm. That can be kind of hurtful. And mm-hmm. so an example that comes to mind is, you know, I have a high need for approval. That's one of my top three. Right. So if I come home from the grocery store and uh, you come out to meet me at the car and I've got, you know, 10 bags of groceries and you say to me, Kelly, you are the best grocery shopper I've ever seen in my life. you got everything on the list. And start clapping. Man, that's fantastic. And you're just giving me approval. 
what I need in that moment is support. Right. You know, so you need and, me to carry in groceries. Exactly. And so we have to learn to recognize what that need of the moment is mm-hmm. too, because that can look a little different than what we think the top three are. So Well, all of this gets you kind of in the swim of trying to uh, discern what the needs are and what those needs of the moment are. It gives you a language uh, ability to do that. Yeah, and when you are diligent in being a student of your spouse, then this is just one more really good model or tool that can help you uh, to recognize how to how to love better and deeper. I can totally respect that. Yay! And how do you spell that? If you'd like to contact us, you can oh, find us on. at marriagetothemax.org, and you can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email oh, yeah. to hursts at homeencouragement.org. That's spelled H-U-R-S-T. And we will do our best to get it on the air. So thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. See ya.